0: Today, provide you with in-depth news and expert analysis. Tell you the whole story and the bigger picture. Bring you the news you want to know, only on Today.
1: Welcome to Today, I'm Sui. The Taiwan Affairs Office of the State Council said this week that continual efforts were ongoing to facilitate young people from Taiwan to realize their education and career dreams on the mainland, this year, another 20 mainland universities are said to begin accepting applications from Taiwan students, making the number 336 in total. Meantime, Fujian province is prepared for supplying electricity and water to the Kimmen and Matsu Islands. All this came after a key policy speech by President Xi Jinping this year to commemorate the 40th anniversary of the Chinese mainland's message to compatriots in Taiwan. In a speech, Xi Jinping proposed that the mainland and Taiwan conduct a democratic consultation on cross-strait relations and the future of the nation. He also said the principles of peaceful reunification and one country, two systems are the best approach to realizing national reunification. So what's the general trajectory of the Taiwan question? How to better figure out what's happening regarding the island's political circle? And what kind of a role has the United States been playing, particularly if we consider these uncertainties surrounding the bilateral relationship between China and the United States? Let's welcome our panel. Liu Kuangyu, a researcher at the Institute of Taiwan Studies with the Chinese Academy of Social Sciences, Rick Dunham, co-director of the Global Business Journalism Program at Tsinghua University, and Joyce Huang Xian TV host and current affairs commentator from Taiwan. If you want to check out more episodes, you can download our podcast, World News Analysis. So now let's begin our discussion. Uh, it's being pictured by international media outlets that 2019, this year, could be an important year regarding the Taiwan question considering the upcoming 2020 elections on the island, and of course, the uncertainties between China and the United States. Uh, so let's begin with a general question. Uh, Dr. Liu Kuangyu, uh, how would you evaluate the current status of the cross-strait ties, and where are we heading?
0: Good evening. Well, um, across the strait, both sides face multiple challenges, and with the more and more intense interference from outside, and the strategy conflict between the China and the U.S. Uh, now the cross-strait relations and the cross-strait peace is in doubt. Those civilian uh, communications still robust thanks to mainland policies' continuancy. And on the other on the other side, inside the island, after the year of turnover in twenty uh, eighteen, the society and politics is forming a new dynamics and contradiction. In the second political liberalization, after the declaration of martial law ended, ended, the new public opinion has unleashed huge power that could revert uh, political structure that that is proved in the 2019 election. However, so far in 2019, uh, 2019, um, both the blue and green camp seems seems very indifferent of this trend. They are still fighting against each other for the power. So... Uh, inside Taiwan, there is still a kind of a mess and chaos.
1: So Joyce, what's your evaluation about the current status of the cross-strait ties? Uh,
2: I think since the way BPP handles the cross-strait issues has been proved failed totally and falling apart, Taiwan's economy is right now tumbling. And it seems cannot find a way out. Okay. And recent polls, many, many polls, DPP supports is down to maybe 19% and KMT is surprisingly is on 41%. Taiwan also told CNN that she would seek for re-election. And you see, there's only one Very one way to go. Which way? To increase the tension cross street. And there are, there are only very, very few things that she can do. Uh, the tension between cross road and the pork barrel. Also, she is trying very, very hard to do everything that benefits the U.S. So she thinks that, well, I can get some power, some support from Trump, the the Trump. But you see, Trump is not a person that you can trust. So people in Taiwan is right now think that Taiwan is, Very, very unlikely that she would be elected, but KMT is not the only the other player in the ground because there is a co-venture. So, uh, if you were DPP, you have to play a very, very tricky game that you have to think the US support the DPP inside power struggle and a co-wrencher that is very, very powerful in the popular rate, And also the KMT is fighting in the ground. Mm, well, let them believe that DPP is actually making Taiwan independence really happen. Is the final, final thing that Taiwan thing will I can bet on this one, will maybe me re-elected. Hmm. And this is a calculated selection.
3: Hmm. So Rick, what's your observation? Well, first thing I've learned tonight is we have to be careful when we say President Xi, as in Xi Jinping, and Xi, as in the elected leader of uh, Taiwan. Uh, but, I mean, my serious take on, on this is that we are probably at the tensest point in this decade. And it has to do with bilaterally cross-straits between uh, the government of Taiwan and the government in Beijing. It also has to do with the U.S. involvement because ever since Donald Trump's election, there have been wildly mixed signals. And I do believe also that he does not have a serious policy regarding Taiwan. Uh, I think he sees it as a bargaining chip. I don't think he has ideologically um, the old view of the nationalists and Republic of China view of old conservative Republicans. But I do think in Congress uh, there are a lot of pro-Taiwan lawmakers, and there have been laws that have been passed that have made people in Beijing very unhappy. And so I think we really are, are in an important year with the uh, political chaos in the United States and the decline in popularity of the government in Taipei.
1: Thanks. Let's uh, move on to a uh, first segment and talk about uh, the Taiwan policy uh, of the mainland government. Uh, President Xi proposed uh, the mainland and Taiwan uh, should conduct a democratic consultation on cross-strait relations and about the future. Of the nation. So, Joyce, uh, how strong so far is the political will uh, from both sides, particularly from Taiwan, to conduct such kind of a consultation about all the big arrangements about the future?
2: Oh, well, in in mainland China, I think the political will is very, very strong. You don't have to doubt it. But in Taiwan, unfortunately, I don't think that. uh, Uh, Taiwanese people are really uh, ready to face the reality. But the January 2nd speech by the presidency opened really, it actually really opens a new beginning of the way mainland China looks at the Taiwan issue. In the past, the mainland China mentions more of about the one china principle and less about the unity of the china okay. but this speech is a new thing it starts from the historical view the point of view from um, about the taiwan history about the the war of the jiao and uh, Then, get in in touch with the core value of the 1992 consensus, which has two core values. One is both sides of the state belong to China, which we all understand very clearly and mention a lot. But the second core value is that both sides should speak to a united China. This value has been mentioned very, very little. Because this mention opened a, a new start. And also, she offered, since Taiwan's special situation, one country, two system principle would be the way to go. Okay, how to go? And well, she said, we welcome all kinds of uh, discussions and suggestions. But uh, in Taiwan, you even, when you even try to discuss the one country, two system principles, the Taiwan government will say, well, you are the traitor. You have to be put into the jail. Actually, right now, they are trying to to make a new law that says that well, if anyone goes to mainland China to discuss about a peace treaty about anything that well, that will be traitor, traitor, and you will be punished. Right now, Taiwan's uh, political reality doesn't allow this kind of issue to be really, really discussed. Of course, my TV show is one exception mm-hmm. and I discuss and discuss, but when I discuss, I also also get a, a warning from the government and say, Well, I am too pro china and uh, and so i I should write some reports to report to the government and explain why I am so pro china, but actually since all Taiwanese are Chinese, then I don't think there's any problem with pro-China at all. But from this one small little example, you can see that the Taiwan Fu does doesn't allow anybody, anything that will bring the two sides closer and together. And so I don't think that uh, a really, really, Good, uh, treaty or good system, good principle that is benefiting Taiwan can be discussed seriously.
1: Mm. Right. So, Kuan Yu, like Joyce mentioned, uh, how it's being received in Taiwan. So, what's needed to realize this? I mean, to make political representative from both sides across the strait to sit down together and talk about those uh, grand arrangements. Right.
0: I believe the Chinese politics politics observers will agree that when these discourses come out from the highest leader of the mainland in such historical and solemn setting, so the political will and determination is solid and real, under which certain goals and tasks and roadmaps will be set. And as dynamics and resources from both public and private sectors have been motivated and mobilized, we can expect specific and technical work Will be initiated and advanced in the foreseeable near future. But the consultation cannot be wishful thinking from only one side. Uh, on the other side, the DPP, the ruling party, is always fiercely opposed to cross trade consultation, as well as, as well as trying to threaten and coerce individuals and organizations who uh, are trying to uh, intend to uh, participate by legal action. So, how to initiate and advance negotiations with and has been the key problem in the peaceful reunification issues. Now, President Xi's proposal provides a new path, that is, to divide the process into two stages, including social social consultation and political talk. For the first stage, uh, mainland will change ideas with represent representatives from from various parties, organizations, and individuals from Taiwan. By the social consensus formulated, both administrations across the Strait could initiate talks. Institutional institutionalized arrangements after reunification. So first, during this whole process, one China principle, that is the first and fundamental thing, all the consensus with the pursuit of reunification will definitely be the major premise that you can expect any party with Taiwan independence or property will sit truthfully on this table. On this basis, there should be a necessary mutual trust between the two sides. Mainland should fully deliver its Sincerity, kindness, and seriousness to enable and empower these talks. Um, thirdly, we need to formulate an effective, uh, formulate an effective and comprehensive mechanism of generating representatives and setting gen- setting agendas.
1: So, Rick, uh, Joyce mentioned the one country, two systems principle. And actually, uh, this principle was uh, proposed to address the Taiwan question in the first place. Uh, So, what's your take on this big question?
3: Well, I think there's a problem with the application of one country, uh, two systems. And that is that a lot of politicians and a lot of people in Taiwan have seen what has happened in Hong Kong and they don't want to see. Taiwan go down the same road, I mean they're afraid of uh the lively press that there is uh in Taiwan uh there is a lot more uh, anti Beijing feeling in Taiwan than there is in Hong Kong, and I think that there's resistance there. I really think that this that we have a complex situation that's generational. I don't think we can just solve this right now because the elected leaders of Taiwan are not ready to sit down and have the discussions that President Xi Jinping is. Uh, but uh, as a professor, I see students from Taiwan coming into uh, Tsinghua University. I see uh, young people from Taiwan working on the mainland, finding their, their future, seeing themselves as part of One China. Uh, I think it will take years because I think that there is a different mentality generationally uh, in, in Taiwan. And I think it's a delicate situation, because I think there will be a lot of resistance from a lot of politically powerful people on the island uh, if this moves too quickly.
1: Mm-hmm. So Joyce, uh, you mentioned a peace treaty. Uh, recently, we heard Kuomintang Chairman Wu Denyi Yi suggested that uh, Kuomintang Party would like to sign this kind of a peace treaty if uh, the Kuomintang Party won the next election in 2020. So how do you see the prospect of this idea?
2: Mm-hmm. I don't really think that Wu Jingyi would sign a peace treaty at all with the in China because uh, when Ma, Ma Joe he promised to sign the peace treaty with mainland, but finally he gave up the idea quietly. Well, the real problem is, oh, was that the U.S. government objected to it. Uh, so that's the reality. Mind your promise to the people, when I, when I am re- yeah, elected, I will sign the peace treaty and then quietly just, pre- just pretend that, oh, well, I just forgot this thing. Um, the closed street the mainland China and Taiwan, has been separated too long for too long. And the longer we wait, the unification of China will be more difficult, peacefully. So, you see, uh, uh, who do you think you are? And what do you believe? That is the very, very, very difficult things to change for anyone. Mm. Since you, have been told, you have been, been convinced that you are who you are, and then when you, when you grow up and somebody walk in and say, "Well, you are not what you think you are," and that is not going to happen to many people. It's difficult. Uh, uh, Taiwan was ruled, ruled by Japan before the 1945. And that's been 40, uh, 50 years. Okay, that's three generations. Hmm. So when KMT government uh, get to Taiwan and return from the Japan, you, you have got the people that in the three generations they were told and they were ruled and they they been asked to behave like Japanese? And how do you make them to be Chinese again? Hmm. That is a big challenge, okay? Mm -hmm. But Taiwan is not Hong Kong. Taiwan is not Macau. It's different because since 1945, Taiwan has been returned to China and currently ruled by Chinese. Okay, mm-hmm. we are ROC. We are Chinese, and Taiwan is, of course, totally different from the Hong Kong and Macau. So the one country two system principle would be practiced practically in in Taiwan, totally different from the Hong Kong and Macau. And Taiwan is special. People in Taiwan, well, right now we don't know how to just discuss the one country two system because nobody discussed because the government doesn't want it to discuss. But KMT is a very big power, yet KMT is a follower in the opinion market. KMT is not a leader. So they don't want to take lead on the cross street issues. So right now Taiwan is facing a no way out situation because the economy is down and the political space is, is step by step. We are going to a no way out situation and nobody wants to do anything or something about it. So, uh, right now, if Taiwan, Taiwan knows that if we choose to get on the train of the maintenance rise in the 21st century and uh, if Taiwanese people know that if we don't, we'll be marginalized if we choose the anti-China and Taiwan independent, independence road. Right. and Taiwanese people will make a very, very quick decision and fine decision Mm
1: -hmm. so yeah so let's talk more about that economy let's shift gear to talk about Mm -hmm. the economic exchange between the mainland and taiwan Uh, dr liu kuang Yu, we we know that there were 31 specific policies issued by the government last year to benefit uh, taiwan compatriots living uh, on the mainland to what extent have those policies bringing uh, the two sides closer and to really benefit uh, people from taiwan
0: Well, um, um, for now, the cross-free trade is still the major motive power pulling up Taiwan's foreign trade. Um, But except uh, peaceful development, the other important aspect of mainland policy in advancing cross-relations is the merge development. Uh, In recent years, the content and the practice of merge development has been expanded and institutionalized. Now, mainland is endeavor, endeavoring to expand and deepen the economic and social emergence and emphasizing on um, mental sympathetic uh, and interest fusion. So, based on these ideas and expectations, we published the 31 specific measures and their uh, derivatives, covering more than 90% of the mainland soil. Um, I mean, this is the foundation of these policies. Uh, and this was, and this is the goal that the politics wants to achieve.
1: Right. So, uh, it's, it's about like uh, between cities and counties across the Strait and we heard uh, more counties like from Taiwan are interested in doing so uh, but probably we're running out of time uh, in the first half we can have a deeper talk about uh, these kind of economic ties across the Strait especially uh, about the exchanges and communication between cities and counties across the Strait and also uh, this week we heard from the Taiwan Affairs Office uh, they have been uh, co- they've confirmed that the province of Fujian is studying the possibility of providing water and electricity to Kimmen and Matsu so uh, in the next half uh, we will talk more about this kind of interconnection between the uh, strait particularly when it comes to uh, the e- e- when it comes to the economic cooperation uh, between the two sides and also an app offering information on the preferential policies and services across the Taiwan Strait Will soon be available in app stores, is being launched by the Cross Straits Internet Exchange Committee of the Internet Society of China. Users can check on the implementation of the, the, the 31 preferential policies for Taiwan, which we just going to talk about in the mainland's 25 preven, uh, provincial level regions. The preferential policies issued one year ago have brought benefits to uh, Taiwan founded companies and compatriots from uh, Taiwan living on the mainland. Let's take a short break here and in next in next half we'll touch more about the cooperation and also uh, the island's politics and also the role of the United States uh, in today's cross trade relations you're listening to today stay with us listening to today i'm sui president xi jinping made it clear that taiwan must and will be reunified with the mainland in a major speech earlier this year to commemorate the 40th anniversary of the mainland's message to compatriots in taiwan The president called for joint efforts to establish institutional arrangements for peaceful development of cross-strait relations. He also stressed that the Taiwan question is China's internal affairs and allows no external interference. So what's the general trajectory of the Taiwan question and also how to better figure out the political circle on the island and what role has the United States been playing particularly against the backdrop of all the uncertainties between China and the United States? United States. Our panel is Liu Kuang Yu, a researcher at the Institute of Taiwan Studies with the Chinese Academy of Social Sciences, Rick Dunham, co director of the Global Business Journalism Program at Tsinghua University. And Joyce Huang Zhixian, TV host and current affairs commentators from Taiwan. If you want to check out more episodes, you can download our podcast, The World News Analysis. And now let's pick up from what we left in the first half and talk about uh, this kind of city to city or maybe among county, the exchanges between the two sides. So Joyce, uh, what's your expectation of this kind of, are, are they going to be more like robust in the coming years?
2: Yeah, of course, that, uh, Mr. Kaohsiung, the mayor, Han kuo uh, is elected by <coughs> saying that I want 100% of the economy and 0% of the politics. And he was elected uh, by landslide. So it means that Taiwanese people is really, uh, really wanting to get a better life. It's like, uh, show me the money. Show me the future, show me the dream and show me the platform uh, uh although the the, the Taiwan government is trying very very hard to separate uh the the street and trying to hide all the information about mainland China from taiwan's media right? you you see that the Taiwan always says that oh well, with Taiwan, we have the freedom the freedom of speech. But no, it's very, very difficult to find the uh, mainland China's uh, information and the progress in Taiwan's media. But it's very, very, diff- very easy to find uh, anything bad about the uh, mainland China. Okay. About the, the 31 specific measures, the spirit of it is to treat Taiwanese people as manager, uh, the equal status, and let Taiwanese pe- students, Taiwanese businessmen, know that uh, if you live in mainland China, you'll be treated equally, or better yet, more than equal. Or you will have a special treatment. For example, the the student in mainland China. It's almost impossible to to study in Beijing University, mm-hmm. but a uh, student in, from Taiwan is, is much easier to get into the Beijing University. And I have some friends from mainland China told told me that well, they think that it's it's not very fair to the mainlander, and it is a policy of uh, increasing and giving increasing is that make Taiwanese people think that uh, I'm getting I'm, I'm increasing my power I'm I'm having a bigger much bigger market that is very important mm-hmm. because it's a one way of giving that in China give everything that Taiwanese people need and doesn't want anything, anything returned from Taiwan since 2014 uh, cross-strait agreement on trade in services was killed by DDP. The 31 specific measures is the second-best way and the only way Beijing could do mm-hmm. to help out Taiwan's people and to bring the two sides closer. It's like that, well, the China has been united and and so the, China, the Taiwanese people uh, can be treated as equal. And the Beijing would and should just do whatever it would to help about Taiwanese people. And it doesn't need Taiwan's approval to do so. Although Taiwan is trying to make a new, new law to punish Taiwanese people Trying to work together or even to sit down and talk together with the, the people in mainland China. But it won't work because right now people just want to say, show me the money, show me the future, and show me the dream.
1: Right. So you're you're talking about uh, this uh, choice by uh, Taiwan uh, college students or high school graduates uh, to come to the mainland for university education. Uh, based on your observation, is this a popular choice by uh, young people in Taiwan?
2: Yeah, but it's for uh, good students at best students. But uh, the good student, for example, my my school, the Beiying uh is uh, one of the best to high school in Taiwan. The the students like that kind of a label. They will they, they know that best university in Taiwan is not as good as in Beijing University in Beijing and Tsinghua University and uh, the best university in mainland China. So they are seeking they are seeking a better platform and know they know that best schools in Chinese world is in Beijing or in or in Hong Kong. But the the student on the bottom bottom student they think that well since I'm not very good and I if I stay in Taiwan and I will get into get get to the college and after four years I will I will have a lot of debts that I would have to pay out and I will learn nothing. Why not? I was, right now. I just go to mainland China, and I can go to a much better university than I if I was staying in Taiwan. Hmm. So that could be the only, only opportunity and only hope hmm. for students from the bottom. So they will try their best to to go to the mainland China. And right now, it's very very popular for high school and university students. Than
3: they try to go to mainland China. Okay, so Rick, how, how do you see these aspects? Well, I I, I see it firsthand uh, as the global business journalism program director at Tsinghua University, which is the top university in China. Uh, I, I I do not think it's easier for students from Taiwan to get in than students from Fujian or Jiangsu, uh, but I do believe the university is reaching out. Uh, affirmatively acting to try to find some of the best students. I have had just outstanding journalism students from Taiwan, undergraduate and graduate. Uh, and, uh, I mean, to me, it's, it's really a part of the mix and it's, it's, it's a learning experience for them. It's a learning experience for those of us who are, who are teaching and it's a learning experience for mainland students to interact. So, I mean, I, I, I think this is the way of the future. This is the way to integrate, uh, Taiwan into the rest of China. I don't think threats will work either direction. Uh, I think economic outreach, and I think educational and cultural outreach is the way. It's it's not the traditional political power way, but I think it's the way to to smooth a transition to the one country, two systems. Mm-hmm. So another, so, I'm sorry, n- yeah, have, please.
2: Uh, sorry, I have to jump in. Mm-hmm. So when I say that that actually, Mainland University lowering the standards for Taiwanese students. I'm, I'm saying that based on the truth and the examples, the arbitrary examples, and, and it's written in the policy papers. So, well, I just want to, to put it today.
1: Right. So education, definitely, it's a very good aspect when it comes to people, to people exchange across the strait. And another one related to livelihood, it's, uh, it's been confirmed this week that the Fujian province is studying the possibility of providing water and electricity uh, to Kimen and Matsu. Uh, so, Kuan Yu, can we expect some meaningful progress in the near future?
0: Yes, of course. Uh, the Taiwan Office of the State Council has uh, confirmed the day before today that Fujian Province has completed a preliminary research project and early preparations for providing water to Jinmen and Mazu, and delivering pr- providing power to Jinmen and Mazu, and delivering water to Mazu as Jinmen has already covered. So, uh, on, on the other hand, the central government also promised to continue to take positive measures to help boost to help with the interconnection construction along Fujian coastal area such as providing uh, gas and building bridges with Jinmen and Matsu to promote cross trade integration and development. That is, that is foreseeable.
1: So Joyce, what could be the challenges I mean for this project linking electricity and water with Kimbin and Matsu? What could uh, hinder uh, the, the projects?
2: Well, actually uh, since uh, August fifth of uh, twenty eighteen, Jinmen has been actually receiving water supply from mm-hmm. Fujian Quanzhou. Mm-hmm. And well, uh, I went to Quanzhou uh, last last year, and I actually I saw I saw how the whole thing the the water supply how to to put in. To the Jinmen. Jinmen every home in Jinmen mm-hmm. I, I, I was really touched and if you knew that this project to let people in Jinmen have water to drink that they have worked at least 18 years and the worker uh, a, manage, a manager in Quanzhou told me he said that the first when we worked together with people from Jimin and we try to, uh, put the project and I, my boy uh, was only one year old. Hmm. And right now my boy has married. And at the, at the moment I, the, I, I really, I, I cried. But Tyrone people didn't welcome this. Have this to happen at all Taiwan would try very, very hard to prevent the people from people of the Jinmen to drink the people from the the water from Quanzhou. and finally, because that last year there was an election at the end of the year, so the election saved the water. From the, the Chen Zhou and Because of the election of Taiwan would think that, well, I won't do something too bad so that my, my votes won't be hurt. But, but this year, because, uh, it's 2019 and the election is, is next year and is the, the presidential election. So, the the strategy is totally different. The, the Taiwan Taiwan the government will think that I will make the tension higher and higher and higher and better just if Taiwan were just walking in on the on the brink of the war and I will probably that would be the only way that I can win the election. So CPC hmm. would do all they can to prevent the help from Fujian
1: at all. Right. So since we're talking about elections, uh, let's shift gears and talk about the politics on the the island. We know late last year there were local elections, and DPP party suffered huge losses, and uh, Tsai Ing-wen uh, quit as the party uh, head. Uh, so Joyce, what can we tell from the, the local elections late last year about the political landscape in Taiwan?
2: Well. Yeah, just like, uh, like I said, last year, because the, uh, like, Taipei won 15 uh, cities, okay? And it's, it's landslide. Lens and that really, really pull DBT apart. So they think, well, if, if I go like this, uh, that I will just fail. In 2020, so there's the only thing, only way they can do, just copy the Chen Shui-bian in 20 and and four years. Remember that Chen Shui-bian before the election, the Chen Shui-bian trailed Lien Chan by 30 percent by by Paul. And then what he did, there were there was a staging two bullet scheme. Okay, so everything happened just one day, 24 hours before the vote. And then just dramatically changed the vote and Chen Shui-bian won the vote. Do you you know that many Chen Shui-bian people are right now working closely with Taiwan and Taiwan government? And there's no other way, no other way to win because Taiwan by by polling is always tra- trailing everyone except Wu <laughs> so, uh So right now, Taiwan has has many many money, many many ways to give people money and. By section, well you are a businessman you are uh, you are the student you are whoever i will give you money but she knows that is not going to buy enough votes so i need maybe i just need 15% of the, the vote the 15% of the vote is the passion of the taiwanese taiwan independence passion vote i need that vote. so i i had to put more fire into the pro street tension, All right. and if if the Beijing just just try if Taiwan's uh, relations with Beijing Beijing is near the wall, and then that will guarantee uh, Taiwan's election, mm-hmm. she thinks. But this year, I don't think that is going to happen. Mm-hmm.
1: So, Kwangyu, what's your evaluation of the current political landscape in Taiwan? And uh, talking about Kuomintang Party, how may the cross-strait relationship look differently if uh, Kuomintang Party stage a comeback in the 2020 election?
0: Well, this is a hypothetical question. Uh, I'm no prophet, and we should, I believe, we should determine the fact before the facts before making deduction on hypothesis. But but I'll try this hard one though. I'm uh, though I'm. Um, uh, though the following assumptions does not derive from any solid expectations that a KMT hmm. would eventually win. So first, I'm not aware who will eventually represent the parties around the election, and as there will be a slight difference in the, in the attitudes towards cross relations among different candidates. So this is a variable should be considered, but now ignored. Let's just assume that the next KMT president-elect will be uh, will represent a majority major, uh, majority ideology of the party, so second on the positive side, under kmt 's role, according to the experience from Maingju administration, there will be less political tension across the straits, and we can expect, we can expect uh, the official exchange recover. It might be soon go, it might soon go back to the level of two thousand and fifteen when leaders can meet and high officials can talk directly. We can expect Political dialogues and the institutional upgrades happening. Of course, there will be there, sh- there will be less strain on the cross-strait economic and social ties, communication, and thus a closer relationship and more prosperous future can be expected. Taiwan can also enjoy more international space under the One China framework. But on the negative side, uh, according to recent talk of the KMT leaders like. Um, um, like Wu Yi, Wang Jinping, and so on, it will be hard for them to accelerate the reunification process with the mainland. Though Taiwan independence uh, will be won't, won't get official an endorsement because the KMT party, uh, because KMT legis- uh, party will absolutely absolutely worry about the voters' view and the legis- legis- and the legislative branch that is still in control uh, by the Green Camp. So, uh, I believe the third one, the more importantly, as yang Qicheng has said, KMT, from the beginning, is a pro-American party. Mm-hmm. Just look at Ying-jeou's idea when he's in and out of office. It's different, totally different. We know that, his, that the basic stand towards the cross-strait uh, ties of the KMT party won't go far beyond its current belief and the interests of the U.S. So generally, I myself would have fair but not excessive spe- expectations on this possibility of, uh, of, his, uh, of the future of the cross-strait ties based
1: on current situation. Hmm. So Rick, based on your observation, uh, how much is uh, politics uh, in Taiwan on an on, on island influencing uh, the way it's dealing relations with the mainland?
3: I think a lot and I think both the ruling party uh and the Kuomintang uh I mean the the the, the ruling party through uh Chiang is not popular, and I think she sees the way toward maintaining power uh, to be divisive, to be sharp in her rhetoric. It reminds me a lot of Donald Trump, who is not popular uh, with a majority of Americans, but he sees rallying his base as the way to stay in power. I see similarities. The Kuomintang, I think, will not want... they, They want to get the supporters of people who want to move forward with reunification with China, but they're afraid of losing voters uh, by being too pro-Mainland. So I think that they are not going to be as bold as um, they, they might be outside of this political vacuum. Uh, but I, I think, they're, I, I, to me, the ruling party is going to have a hard time winning the election. The question is, can the Kuomintang lose the election? Mm-hmm. So yeah. let's jump to our last segment and talk about the factor of the United
1: States. We mentioned this in, our, in the beginning of our show. So Rick, how, how do we
3: make sense of the
1: Taiwan yeah. policy
3: of the Trump administration? It's very hard. I mean, I, 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 I have been confused since day one when there was a lobbyist for Taiwan who got a call through. Uh, to To the president elect, and he declared well two china pol- one China policy was negotiable. Uh, I think right now Donald Trump is looking for leverage in a trade deal with China, and I think it could go either way uh, in his own mind i don 't think he has any strong attachment either to the historical agreement of one China. Uh, or to the concept of the most extreme people in Taiwan of Taiwan independence. I don't think he really cares. I think for him, it's all a bargaining chip. It's all a chance for Americans to export. Now, in Washington politics, there's a different story. Taiwan spends a lot of money lobbying. You've seen legislation. You've seen action of the bureaucracy, if we separate U.S. government bureaucracy from the unpredictability of Donald Trump, there have been more moves that would be seen as provocative in Beijing. The opening of a new, I'm not sure even what you call it, I call it de facto embassy, Mm -hmm. but U.S. cultural office uh, in Taipei. Um, You have seen Congress pass legislation, uh, and I think that probably you will see other things in this Congress. Move that might be arms toward Taiwan, other things that people on the mainland don't like. Uh, so I don't think that U.S. policy itself is going to make the situation any easier. And as the election gets closer, I think Democrats will try to look tough running against Trump by being tough on the mainland with Taiwan. So I think I think that this it's it's not going. This is not going to uh, be a calming. Part of the political equation over the next year. Now, if Donald Trump is out of office, a Democrat is in office, I think everything starts again. But I think in the next year from America, you're going to have some harsh political rhetoric, both from Donald Trump and from Democrats running against him.
1: Mm -hmm. So, Joyce, how
3: do you see the U.S. adamant? Uh, Recently, we heard Eric Chu, Chu,
1: Julie Lun paid a visit to the U.S. So uh, what's the U.S. role in today's Taiwan question?
2: Actually US controls so many power and sectors in Taiwan and every politician know every politician knows that if he or she wants to do something in politics, he or she got to get approval from the United States. Actually that's the ugly truth of Taiwan. Okay. Uh but currently is pro the United States, and DPP is pro-United States, DPP is pro-Japan, and who is pro-China? And the major party, DPP and and KMT, uh, for the two, uh, no, none of them is pro-China. KMT is not pro-China. KMT just said that, oh well, we don't want to make mainland China angry. Uh, we we still we love Taiwan, but we don't want to make the other side angry. So uh, let uh, trust me, I can I can make friends with mainland China. But uh, KMT is not pro is not pro China at all. And U.S. has been manipulated the way Taiwan. Uh, the the Taiwan uh, acts or leading. One example is in uh, 2004 when Chen Shui-bian is staging the two ballot two ballot event, okay, mm-hmm. and and touching the vote, uh, and the elect and and also the election and and finally he had won by. Small margin, but U.S. told the and Song Tree that, well, you trust me, I, I, I would guarantee that the whole event and issue would be handled know fairly, and U.S. would watch it and trust me. Yet finally, Liang Song found that U.S. supports Chen Shuidian, the whole thing, the re-election and my and remember I, I, I just I just say that mind your, mind your peace treaty was objected by the United States and the last election the uh, 2018 election in Kaohsiung city the America, the United States called Chen Qi mai the DPP's Chen Qi mai and, and how, how about the Chen Qi mai election is, is unbelievable, mm-hmm. and yet it failed. So right now, Taiwan, uh, there's something happened in Taiwan, mm-hmm. uh, because the, the, the whole thing that makes people think that, well, do, do
1: I? Thank you very much, Joyce. Unfortunately, uh, that's all the time we have for this edition of panel. Uh, that was Joyce Huang Zhixian, Rick Dunham, and uh, Liu Kuang Yu. I'm Sui. Have a nice weekend.